at Home, episode number 11. Hello, Alex, and hello to the new trainee slash intern, Daniel Österle. How are you guys doing? Hello. Thanks for the introduction, Simon. I'm doing good. And you, Daniel? Hi, uh, thank you for the warm welcome. Thanks for having me on board as an intern or co-host or whatever you want to call it. I'm excited to be here and I'm, I'm doing well. I just uh, finished a long day of work and I'm ready to, to have some fun with you guys. Awesome. Yeah, uh, just for the audience, how I always like to call my listeners uh, to explain where we know each other from. We have been friends for a good decade or two almost. Uh, we all went to the same camp in the summer in the beautiful south of Germany and now we are all doing different things than we did back then so I thought why not uh, record an episode together. Daniel wanted to get into the podcasting thing and I thought it would be an absolute wonderful thing to have him on the show as a co-host so for him to check out how the podcasting stuff works and mm -hmm. I couldn't be happier to, to have him and Alexander is our guest or VIP for today thanks and he is doing something that I'm very jealous of you are able to keep plants alive for longer than a week and they even give fruit And I want to figure out yes. how that happens. <laughs> oh, that's an interesting topic. I'm looking forward to explain you some stuff about all the stuff I'm doing as my side project here. So tell us a little bit uh, about yourself, Alexander. What do you do as your work and all the things that you think is important to know about you? So, yeah, I live in the south of Germany and um, for a day-to-day -day living, I'm a product manager at a smaller software company. So we do basically enterprise B2B software for logistics planning. Yeah, this is my day-to-day -day job. Um, it's, it's in Leonberg, a small, small company there. And normally, if I'm not working or helping my wife during her startup, she's doing like a sewing startup online course thing for the home DIY scene. I'm started doing gardening as like a side project because i mean as a product manager or product owner you're no normally working in front of a computer talking into a computer with your colleagues in these times um, you're always sitting in front of a keyboard and a mouse and so i thought about hey um, i should i should do something in the nature and so i it came to my mind hey why, why not doing gardening so this is like a, a small introduction of myself. Fantastic. And your garden even has its own Instagram account, which is super nice. Yes. So I, my, my wife basically said, hey, you're, you're doing so, so many cool projects. Why are you not posting this on Instagram? And she's big on Instagram. And I started, okay. Oh, I thought, okay, hey, perhaps someone else is interested in my, in my stuff at Alclus Garden. So this is the name of the Instagram uh, channel. It's very small, but... I basically post all of the stuff I do when I'm not working as a product manager. Very nice. Maybe you'll have to spell it for people so they can find you on Instagram. Yeah, we will put it into the show notes, yeah, of course. Yes. On it. Of course. 
people are lazy. They are not remembering <laughs> things. <laughs> that is true. I like that um, other people have Instagrams for their pets, like their dogs and cats, and you have one for your garden. Yeah, I, I have small goldfish, but they're they not like, they're not cats. So <laughs> you can't make cute cat videos. So uh, I had to find another <laughs> way of producing content. And can't dress them up. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't. <laughs> or at least you can once, but then they, they finish, <laughs> swim around. Can you imagine a goldfish in a shark costume? That must be awesome. Oh, <laughs> I, I think I've seen pictures of that. Or maybe it was just the cats in shark costumes, but that would be great. So, so Alex, how did you even start with gardening? Have you been throughout your life? Have you always been a little tree hugger and always, you know, loved the outdoors and nature? And of course, for, for that, you had always done gardening or is this something you discovered fairly recently? So I would say I love the nature starting at my youth or even earlier as a child. We had, uh, I grew up in a house with a, uh, not a very big garden, but at least a small garden. So we had there like some trees and some fruits and um, flowers and all that stuff. And I really enjoyed like staying outside building, uh, as you call it in, in, in Swabian, you, you build Lagerle, oh, which, yes. is some, <laughs> which is something you, you do as a child. You basically have a couple of trees and then you stack other small uh, leaves on top of that. And then you can hide beneath it. I mean, you build your little forts. Yes. Oh yes. And, and I did this. And of course I always, uh, were interested in, in water and that stuff. So I built, uh, uh, this kind of thing and like dig a hole and put in some, some plane or some, some, um, I like that foil to cover that. And foil, yeah. Yes. And some foil. And then I put water in, into that and, uh, installed some pumps and all that stuff. So I was always like in the water thing. Um, and the gardening or yeah, Simon, do you have a question? Did you have a question? Yeah, yeah. I, I was about to say I have this one memory where I visited you one time that must have been around 2010, yeah, 2009. Could be around 2010 or 29, yeah. Yeah, and you made your own whirlpool, which yes. until today I'm so jealous of, yes. of, of that and it was such a cool construct where you used correct me if I'm wrong this is just like old little memories very very deep in my brain you used a car radiator over a fire to warm up the water yes yes that's right this was like the I used the car radiator basically because a car radiator is to design to like get rid of a lot of heat um, yeah. and I just put it on top of a fireplace and, and pumped through water. And so it was like the reverse radiation basically f as the car would do it. So uh, it worked quite well. And I still, I, I, when I moved out in, an, in another apartment, I built the next whirlpool or hot top as you call it. So um, I will I probably have, have a, a bath this evening somewhere. So <laughs> that is so cool. I'm so impressed with people who can do that. I'm not very yeah. practical. And uh, I like being in my garden. And like you said, like I also have a job where I spend most of my days in front of a computer screen and then coming home and like being in your garden, it just helps you calm down. But for me, it's very manual and hands-on, but I think you've always had a knack for combining gardening with, with some kind of technology, right? Because that's just oh, the yes. kind of person yeah. you are. 
So my, my father was was like big in the garden business, but more in like terms of flowers and all that stuff. And as a child or as a teen, it was like, okay, hmm, I can't eat flowers. So, um, <laughs> and I think some I, you I, can. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really started gardening a couple of years ago, and um, I'm sometimes a lazy person. And as you said, Daniel, I like to combine stuff. And I thought, okay, I mean. Gardening is nice if you can eat your vegetables, but it's annoying if you, you need to like water the plants every day, go outside and check them every day. So I thought about, Hey, um, I like, I like smart home stuff. So why not just wiring all that stuff together and installing some, some water pipes there. And, um, last, last year, I basically, I think I never watered the garden by myself. It was all done by my smart home system. And most of the plants survived. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very happy. Even on a two, two weeks vacation, it worked. So yeah, I always like combining stuff and, and the lazy aspect is the, the motivation behind not, not watering it every day. What does this require? Like how, how do I need to imagine a solution? Because smart home is a very, very wonderful marketing word. So oh, yes. everyone understands it. But what, what's the technology behind this? behind smart gardening. Yeah, if we really like dive into the technology part, I'm, I'm happy to tell you all the stuff. So basically I use like an open source smart home system, which is called Home Assistant. It's super nice because you can basically set it up easily on a Raspberry Pi, that smart, uh, that small home computer stuff. Um, and I basically use some ESP Wi-Fi chips. So they are um, Arduino boards with a Wi-Fi chip on top. So you can basically just put in a bit of code, which is, for example, telling me um, about the soil moisture. So is the soil wet or dry? Um, and these numbers are transmitted via Wi-Fi. So I have, a, of course, an access point in my garden and all wired up with, uh, with voltage. That's uh, one downside. You need to like have uh, wires all over the garden, but anyway, um, and they, they sent the, the, I think the temperature and humidity and, uh, the soil moisture about a couple of seconds or every, uh, every couple of seconds. And I basically have a small, how do you say function, which is like checking it against some values and, uh, the time of course, and then it will like start the pump and watering my garden. So that's like in, in a nutshell, my smart home gardening system. Yeah, for for those that are not that much into tech, a Raspberry Pi is basically a cheap, tiny computer that you can get for thirty bucks, thirty yes. to forty yes. bucks, um, that can handle these low, like these easy smaller tasks that you give to it. So you don't need a very expensive system like Brittany and I. We were looking into, you know, growing out or little seasonings for for our food and we i'm not always remembering watering my plants <laughs> so <laughs> barely ever and so i was looking into like a smart garden with lights and everything but these things are outrageously expensive like we talk 200 euro or even north of that oh, yes yeah um, but you know, we, we don't have a garden. We have a balcony, a really nice balcony with a lovely view, but not a garden. So we are very limited with the things we have out there. So I thought, okay, we have to 
purchase something but then i saw the stuff that you were working with and experimenting with and i have the hope that i can somehow find a battery powered uh, independent from a water source like maybe with a little tank or something a solution that can take care of the flowers when let's say we are traveling or something this would be my ultimate dream for my little hochbeet daniel what is hochbeet in english uh that's something i had to research myself but i think you could say it's a raised bed uh especially ah, yeah, if we're talking I, I about flower that. beds or a raised yeah. vegetable patch maybe that's what i like to call it oh nice yeah so i mean you could basically Which i have by the way sorry oh, nice. but it's all hand uh watered well we have like we're one step closer toward having a smart garden but it's a very very basic um we have a hose that's just in the soil in in the raised bed so all we have to do is turn on the tap but we don't have to take like the watering can to uh to our vegetable patch um so we just um open open the tap but that's uh, about as fancy as it gets in our garden everything else is uh, manual labor I mean, that's that's nearly smart garden, I would say. At least you have the basic requirements, which is some kind of water source. So, And you have good equipment because you need to have like all the, the water dripping stuff so that the, the plants get, uh, get enough water and not too much water. So if this is already working in your race bed, then you're nearly uh, ready to... to We're nearly there. I yes. know. Um, yeah. So, so we have this, this kind of, uh, dripping hose, whatever you call it. Um, and I guess the next step would be to like install something on the, um, water tap where you can have a timer uh, that you set or something. Right. Um, and then it just does it automatically every evening. And then I guess the next step would be what you're doing, having sensors and so on. So we'll see. This is this is so cool. I just like if I need running water on the balcony, my solution was this. I uh, bought from Gardena a little adapter for ah. from the for the kitchen sink mm -hmm. that I can clip on um, this little thing that you can uh, have your hose connected to. Um, because we have we have bunnies, so sometimes I need to pressure clean the balcony. But I need water for <laughs> pressure that. clean the bunnies. I thought yeah. you were going to say. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they get really stinky. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you need you want to pressure clean, but there's no water out there. So basically, I have to connect the garden hose to the sink in the kitchen because the only compatible uh, water uh, source in my house would be the, the one where the laundry machine is connected to. But I mm. don't feel too confident f to no, mess with this all the time. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. So I have a dump garden, basically. <laughs> it's um, a dump garden. I hope with the things that uh, I learned from you, I'm able to make like a little solution that, as I said earlier, let's Brittany and me travel. And we don't need to worry that our little tomato plants that are just right now try to bring some fruit into existence, um, that they're not dying when we are not able to water them for like three or four days. Well, I... Mean, I have a solution it's called neighbors ah ew no <laughs> i know i know you live in berlin and probably people aren't as trusting of their neighbors <laughs> as as they are here in the south where it's all a bit more laid back 
I do everything to avoid my neighbors. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard crazy stories from you, Simon, talking about your neighbors. So that was I, the old neighborhood store. Yeah. Like we now we live in a super lovely, uh, super lovely community. But you are neighbors, and over the balcony or like the the road that you walk on, you see each other every day. But you know, most of the, my neighbors are retired. Mm -hmm. um so there's not so much we share yeah it's just i don't know i i don't hate them or anything it's just not it's like classic berlin life you live next to people mm -hmm. but you don't even know their names and i also you know like they mind their business we mind our business uh, everything is perfect um but this is not an not an option because they are like any other stranger at this point for us i know back home in the south totally different game Uh, but that's one of the charming things about the big city that everyone kind of is for themselves, which is also the downside f for it, obviously. Yeah, well said. I, I also think it has, um, uh, well, it, it has its upsides, not having to talk to your neighbors, although I'm very happy with the neighbors I have and we do talk, but it took us uh, quite a while. Um, we only really got talking to our neighbors when we had our daughter. Um, and that's, I guess, a little bit like when you're walking the dog and I don't know, mm -hmm. like it's uh, people chat you up much more easily than when you're just uh, just there as as two grownups. Um so I, I find it hard to like really get talking to my neighbors, even though I sometimes try to make an effort, but I'm also most of the time I'm happy when I don't have to, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. For, for people listening to this, I think it's important to say we all are from more or less the same area in the country, like probably 30 driving minute, minutes from each other away. Yes. So we are more or less from the same cultural influence yes. and we are what the, I, I hate the English word, but we would be considered Swabians <laughs> and uh, we are famous for not talking <laughs> at least not like immediately warm up to people we like to observe and with the skeptical view we start yes. interacting with each other but then once you made it to the inner circle you're like family but that takes just a while it's very different from let's say uh american uh my my american friends that are always so open and make sure everyone feels well and is included um we don't do that Yes, I would agree. <laughs> Simon, back to your like gardening problem. So yes. the, the question would be, do you have like a power connection out there or is it completely? Yes, like, I do. But I would have, have a to. Power connection. Okay. Yeah, I do have a power connection. Um, but I, I mean, for vacation, I probably could because no one is running out there. But it's like on the other side, ah. um, <laughs> on the wrong side. So okay. I would have to somehow make a cable canal cable channel yeah, yeah. um yeah, like a so no one falls yeah cable tunnel so i i, I wouldn't fall over it if mm -hmm. i would have it connected when i'm home because you don't want to trip over a wire yeah. every time you go on your balcony you're right because i i think basically what you need then is just uh, some kind of as you said like a a uh, thing where you can place your water and store about 10 liters or 20 liters of water or even more. It's like, I'm not yeah. sure how big your balcony is. And then you basically need a small 12 volt pump and some microcontroller. 
I'm not, I'm not sure. Are you in the programming stuff or like, are you familiar with microcontroller and all this stuff or not? I would pay you to do it for me. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I would love to do it. So I could, I could like program your small setup and then you just plug it in and, and put in the pump into the water, um, and have like small, um, drip irrigation or something on top of the plants. And then, um, I think they should at least survive for a couple of days. So. I think we would find a solution. Oh, I'm so, so happy to hear that. So let's, let's take a step back um, and go to back to the roots, quite literally. <laughs> What plants are you growing? And are those plants the same ones you would recommend for someone just starting out, not knowing anything about gardening? So I grow, I grow basically all the, let's say the classic plants in my garden, like cucumbers, tomatoes, um, what else do I have? Like radish and then salad and all that stuff. And I tried different things. Um, not all plants, uh, survive. I, I have to be honest, some die as well. So I mean, but it's, that's for me, a learning thing. So we are all very young. So <laughs> I'd say we can learn a lot about gardening and perhaps one day, uh, my dream would be like, um, being self-supplying the garden, uh, or with the garden, my family. Um, and so, but back to your question, I would, I would start with, I mean, that's, that's basically up to you. There are different types of, of vegetables you could start with. Um, tomato is very good if you have like a balcony because they, they need some kind of rain cover. And, uh, if you have a balcony, it's, I mean, it's normally easy that there's not too much rain inside the balcony. So you could start with them, but as you said, tomatoes need a lot of water, um, and treatment, but that's, that's easy to start. Um, if you, if you go outside, you could, could start with salad. I, I don't like planting salad too much outside. I, I probably do it inside or I mostly do it inside because of like all the animals living in the garden and they like my salad as well. So, <laughs> yeah, that's one thing we have in our raised bed, uh, lettuce, and I found it fairly easy to grow. And I think one of the perks of having a raised bed is that it's not quite as easy for the snails and all the, uh, little, yes. uh, creatures that like to eat your, uh, produce, um, to reach. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Um, about raised beds, I have to say my, my wife said, ah, oh, we need something like this. It's really like comfortable and easy to do. And, and I said, okay, raised beds are like for old women or, uh, thank you. <laughs> yes. And I, I was against them years. I would say I was years, uh, for, for years now. And then I read a book. I, I read a lot of gardening books because I like to learn stuff about gardening, of course. Um, and then I, in every, in every book, there was like, huh, you could do a raised bed. It's like easier to maintenance. It's easier, uh, to grow stuff because the, the, the soil is raised. And so it gets warmer. I mean, we don't live in the Southest part of Germany, so it's not super warm. Uh, and like tomatoes or cucumbers, they like, uh, they like, um, warm temperatures. So this year I thought I, I build a raised bed and I really like it. So I'd like to tell everyone, Hey, if you want to start gardening, build a race, race bed or buy one at like a gardening center. It's a very good start because as you said, Daniel, um, the, the plants are more protected than on the, on the, on the uh, ground. The yes. Floor. Yeah. So, um, I would start with a race bed and then lettuce 
or radish or something. And if you want to go next level, I would say cucumbers and tomatoes. So what, what do you have in your, in your, um, raised bed? So let's start with Simon. What do you have except your tomatoes? Um, so we went with the logic. We put everything like when we went to the gardening, um, garden, garden center where we bought our plants, we just bought everything that looks good and smells good. And oh, is green. yes. I did. So, <laughs> oh, that sounds like that was an awful experience. So we have, uh, we have Schnittlauch. Uh, chives, yeah. Uh, chives. We have tomatoes. We have little paprikas and peppermint. Peppermint <laughs> is great. It also grows anywhere and oh, it just yeah. grows like Super any old fast. weed. It's, uh, yeah. That's uh, something yeah. I could recommend. If, if you want to start growing anything in your garden or even just on your balcony, mint works and yeah. it survives even under the the harshest conditions so i i didn't i have some some mint plants outside of my i have like a balcony garden as well um and there's some mint and i didn't water it for months over the winter but it still survives somehow so um, that's wild yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah somehow it keeps coming back <laughs> yeah and, and what do you have daniel in your raised bed uh, yes, that's a good question. So the mint is actually in a different part of the garden. And we also have some strawberries and some raspberries that we planted on the ground. Nice. And then the raised bed has um, two types of lettuce at the moment. And then we're trying to grow broccoli and kohlrabi, um, mm. which, uh, yeah, which is uh, actually coming along nicely, at least the kohlrabi. And, and cucumber. We had lots and lots of cucumbers uh, last year, and I'm hoping this year will be similar. But at the moment, our little cucumber plant is looking a little sad. So um, oh, okay. I'll, uh, we'll have to see. And I have to be honest, my wife is the one who uh, takes care of the garden a lot mm -hmm. more than I do. And I just get to reap the, the benefits. And um, Nice. <laughs> That's the best part of gardening, like just eating the, the, the vegetables. Oh, Absolutely. I thought it would be having the wife do all the work. A <laughs> 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 uh, little, little patriarchal joke, joke here. Don't cancel us, please. <laughs> please um, don't cancel us. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the setup that I have with plants in my uh, raised flower bed, do you think this is going to turn out bad because it's different breeds of plants or is it not really a problem on the, on the long term for the season? So I, I basically forgot half of the plants you have. So I'm not hundred percent sure. I want to, I want to say this anyway. So it's always important that in the, in the plants thing, you have like good neighbors and then normal neighbors and bad neighbors. Um, and so, for example, what, what doesn't work is tomatoes and cucumbers, as far as I know. So you shouldn't put them um, next to each other. Um, but there are for some herbs like basil uh, with, with tomatoes, which work great. Or like I have cucumbers with, um, with I think, basil as well. And uh, let me, with parsley and what else do I have? Like... Um, I think yeah, you, some plants work good with each other, like uh, as I said, parsley with cucumber and and basil. And I think your setup should work, as far as I remember it. Um, so it's always important that you do like a small Google research before you buy all the stuff in the garden center. 
Um, I sometimes do it. And on, on other days, I just buy the stuff which looks good. <laughs> so, so I know the problem, Simon. It, it really makes you feel great about yourself. You know, you go in there, you put on the face, facial expression that shows you know what you're doing. You take a critical look at the plant and <laughs> put it down. You take the next plant and say, all right, this one looks slightly better better or less bad <laughs> you put it in your shopping cart and that's basically how how we did it because we wanted to just you know to have some sort of growing our own food or just having plants that are not just decoration we also got but that's not part of the raised bed we also got a lemon tree which nice. we only after I don't know, two weeks, we figured out that it has a sign not edible. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a bummer. Um, not to derail the conversation, but Simon, I think you have a bit of a history with uh, with lemon trees and with the with the song, the famous one it wonder. Wasn't it you? It was my brother, I think, which is also called Daniel when he was um, he was once on a, a concert of the band. And really? okay. he, yeah, and it was in Färberei Vierreutlingen. <laughs> Only the dinosaurs will remember this location. And um, he was waiting so long to to get an autograph from this band Fool's Garden That's that great. he ended up in the newspaper with it. Like the autograph hunter, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> Did he get a Little. sign or not? Or yes, he got his autograph. He was the happiest six-year-old in the world that day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can imagine. Yeah, that just shows how long we've been around each other, basically. If you <laughs> even can remember this. This is usually classified stuff. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought the, the episode also involved something with an actual lemon tree, like him giving the band a lemon tree or something, but maybe that was just in my mind. Yeah, I think you made that up. That would be a better story, of course, like waiting for, for, for a couple of hours with a lemon tree next to a concert. In, in a concert. Yeah, or in a concert. <laughs> it's like taking it to the concert, every, uh, like every el uh, everyone else is holding up their signs, like, we love you. And like little Dan <laughs> is holding up a lemon tree. <laughs> That's great. We have uh, a comic so sad that tree. the 90s are over. Yes, yes, very sad. Um, and like people who listen to this will be able to tell that we are all kids who grew up in the 90s and um, yeah, very much probably still still in love with that, um, with a lot of, of, of pop culture of that time. Um, so I was going to say we bought one that's actually edible, a little citrus plant. Uh, it's a kumquat tree that we actually keep inside. And uh, we still got some and it had a lot of fruits when we bought it and we're still eating those. And I don't know if it's going to survive until next year, but that's uh, nice as well. So my my, uh, my brother-in-law made a gift to my wife with such a lemon tree, but you can't eat them. And it was like a pity. I said, ah, oh, we don't need that <laughs> because you can't eat that. So good. What, do you, what did you do to the plant? Uh, it's outside uh, trying to be a decoration there, but the tree has like a hard time, I would say. <laughs> um, so I, I don't care too much about this tree. But perhaps I just try to eat them and see how they taste. So I don't know why you can't eat them. 
Yeah, I'm never sure with those things. I mean, it, maybe it, it doesn't taste so great, but I can't yeah. imagine that it's actually harmful. But it could um, be as well. Well, we're not advocating you eat things that aren't edible, but um, I don't know. Just just but research I, that. I, maybe I if we find out, story. we'll put it in the show notes. Oh yes, good good point. So um, with like when I when I moved out of my of my. Um, parents house you basically you you start buying your own vegetables and all that stuff and and i basically like was was very picky on what to eat and what not to eat and um i i can all uh, like encourage you guys if you like plant your own stuff you're way more you, you way more accept all the vegetables which don't look like perfectly or um even some have scars or like some don't yeah are not that big anymore so um there was a big change in my eating culture from like growing their own stuff because you know you you need hours to grow that stuff and you just don't throw it away so um perhaps you guys will like feel feel this as well i'm not sure so simon this is your first year of gardening isn't it yes Yes, yes. I'm, I'm have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. And so far nothing has died. So that's, that's a star in my book for great efforts. Um, but yeah, for me, I think all jokes aside, the challenge is really, um, are you able to grow something that, you know, is edible and good on a balcony that only gets sun in the morning because we have, but it's um, or balk yeah, or we are half our windows to the west. Um, no, sorry, to the east. I'm mixing things up yeah, here. Always. And so our sun is gone probably at twelve or one, depends on the season. Um, which is great when it's super hot because then mm -hmm. your apartment doesn't heat up that much. But yeah, we don't have much much direct direct sunlight like our apartment is still bright but we the sun just leaves at some point throughout the day so yeah that's the challenge we have and um again i looked into the all of these led solutions but it's a little bit pathetic to have them outdoor and then extra lights running <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i i i did like a small experiment this year i i probably simon you, you, you saw it on instagram so um i thought about hey um you can buy tomatoes all year over in the in the supermarket and they taste horrible but anyway somewhere they they are growing and i thought okay hmm why not trying this at home? So I bought uh, the LEDs you mentioned, like there's, there's yeah. special plant LEDs, which have like a better uh, utilization of the of electricity. So I started this uh, with two tomato plants, like smaller ones. Um, and probably you saw it on Instagram, it really worked. So it's what it was done like with a hydroponic system. So probably all the guys who are not into that hydroponic basically means you don't put the plants into soil. You just put them into some kind of, let's say stone or something where they hold a substrate, um, I think. Uh, is yes. The yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Um, and you, and you just put water with, um, with, uh, yeah, some ingredients on top of that. Um, so that's like, yeah, like you, you mix water and fertilizer and then you, 
somehow they survive and it even worked. So we, we harvested, I think three or four months ago, our first tomatoes. Um, and so they, they survive even inside. So, um, if they don't survive, buy some LED Simon, and then you can like, um, give them some extra light, <laughs> some extra sun. Um, yeah, I think yeah. it's necessary because, um, there are many reasons to to live in berlin but sunshine is not one of them because <laughs> i've I, I didn't realize how much sunlight um the south of the country gets really um like even in the winter most of the days at least that's what i like to remember um they're blue and bright and in here it's like straight gray from october till march like we don't see much sun for half a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why everyone is so edgy over here. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I will, you have to definitely send me a link and we will post it into the show notes. Um, because I think I, I hate to see little plants die. Um, oh. you know, I hope that whatever I'm doing now, these plants will still somehow exist next year. Um, or tomatoes, like, it's hard. They normally only yeah. live like for one season, <laughs> but if you can, if, if they will survive for two years, I mean, that, that would be like really great. It's a breakthrough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. breakthrough. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you brought up hydroponics and I don't know much about it, but, um, I, I find it very fascinating because I think in many ways it is a technology of the, of the future and, and a very good innovation because you use very little resources and you get, um, good, good return. And, uh, you can do it even when you don't have a lot of like soil to, to plant your yes. stuff in, like yes. when you only have a small balcony and not a big, relatively big garden like we do, or, um, I'm assuming you have, to be honest, I, I've never seen like the, the extent of your garden, but I'm assuming, um, you have some space there and in general, I really like the idea, which is one of the things that I also like about growing your own stuff. Um, one, you said, um, of course, you can get this stuff in the supermarket. And I think most people aren't going to be 100% self-reliant and they will still um, have to buy their stuff in stores. But even just to give you a bit more of that appreciation for, for what you're eating there. And then also maybe thinking yeah. about, well, this was brought here from Morocco um, but I might have well just grown it on my balcony. Um, I think that's that's something that maybe will help us be be a little more sustainable. And I liked if everybody did at least a little bit of uh, urban gardening when they're actually in the city, or just home gardening uh, when you're somewhere that's a little bit more rural. It's uh, even easier. And I yeah like that idea. I think it, um, if you just start gardening to um, just to get a sense of appreciation for how long it actually takes for yes. yep. a plant to grow and how much, you know, it takes effort and how much water is needed for this. Um, this is already probably the best achievement that um, a larger audience, or a larger group of people can have just to recognize that um, any type of food doesn't just show up in the shelves of the supermarket yep. and everyone talks about sustainability. Yeah. Um, 
some politically driven people that refuse to use their brains um, are totally obsessed with banning diesel cars like like it's the main reason why things things go go south with the climate um if you look at the data and if you look at all of these measuring stations uh, especially in stuttgart you know they were showing wrong results um with with no cars driving during the lock first time of the lockdown um you know so many people have opinions and they jump to like crazy demands ban cars do this and they go straight up to crazy talk but no one really is putting on not no one but very few let's say that put in the effort of trying to grow something that they can use as a food source I mean, um, if you really want to go like into detail, um, what I could or what I can recommend everybody, uh, everybody living at least in Germany, um, there are sometimes like organic farmers. Um, they don't live in the city, of course, but normally next to it, you can you can buy like vegetable boxes. So yep. um, we we did it i think we started a year ago or something and we said okay let's try this and it's really like you you only get what what is in season and it's hard to like don't have so what what didn't we have so we we didn't have any um zucchini or tomatoes started i think two weeks ago or something so um it's really good to to like get a sense what is like really growing around you and what is like imported as you said from uh, Morocco or, or Spain or something. Um, and this is always a good start. And for me, it's even like, uh, for me as a lazy person, we don't need to buy anything. We just get it every week delivered to our house. Um, and it's super like, um, local grown. It's like 500 meters away and it's, uh, it's organic. So that is great. Um, I, I wouldn't call it lazy. I would call it extremely effective. Oh, yes. Because oh, that's a better term. It's like very that. German uh -huh. of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you cut out the middleman, you know, you yeah. went straight to the source and you are supporting farmers that um, from the big supermarket chains, um, you know, they are not getting paid the money that I think they deserve to be paid. Yeah. A farmer shouldn't be a poor person. He's literally feeding the country. Yeah. So, you know, like, um, that's, that's a great thing. I have not looked into it. What I'm doing, this is, this is the truly lazy version. Like what you, you do is, uh, advanced. What I'm doing, I just <laughs> subscribe to a mailbox service that, uh, once a week, uh, tomorrow, almost right before noon, drop off a big box, um, with, um, mostly organic, um you know foods and meals that we prepare on our home it's not like pre-made you have to cook and chop and you know do everything okay. by yourself yeah. um but do when all of this pandemic stuff started we said all right we are we would feel more comfortable uh not going to the supermarket that often you're saying you are more comfortable staying at home <laughs> yes <laughs> see what you did there <laughs> and yeah i grew to like it but the, the it's not really a problem but the downside of that is that you have basically you taste other people's food you know like you don't have the flavors the seasoning the 
type of cooking that you would do if you would just buy your own ingredients because you cook after a recipe. Yeah, which I think personally is nice, though, because I'm always curious to discover new things. And so I think that's a great way. Plus, as far as I know, most of those would also um, have mostly local, mostly seasonal foods. And um, I think it's it's really good to, um, to to get something like that if you like can and want to uh, afford that. Um, if, like I was saying, they're, uh, they're making sure it's, it's like local and seasonal. Um, and just the thing, like knowing what's in season is something I think that's gotten lost on, oh, on yes. our generation. Yeah. Um, and when that actually has a lot of health benefits, like eating things that are in season are the things that are best for your body in that season, mm -hmm. at least as far as I know. Um, but, but I'm pretty sure that science actually supports that. Um, yeah. And, uh, plus you'll probably discover some foods that grow around here that you might not have liked growing up, but, um, and you wouldn't buy at the supermarket, but that's a great way to maybe rediscover those things. And, uh, yeah. Is there a fruit of a ve or a vegetable that you guys absolutely hate? That's a very good question that I'm not sure I can answer. Maybe I'll let Alex go first. So, um, five years ago, I would say, oh yes, many, many of them I don't like, but if you have like that, that vegetable box we get, you, you, you get stuff, you even don't know what, what this is called. So you somehow have to Google it. Um, and so we try, or at least I try everything we, um, we got sent. And I, I would say it's always up to the recipe. So if you do, a some, uh, some, I mean, you could do tomatoes, which don't taste good somehow, I'm sure. But I, I always, or I'm, I'm giving every plant a chance or every vegetable a chance to at least try it once. And I would say I eat basically every vegetable. Yeah. I, I, I didn't like olives that much, but I'm get used to that because they, uh, at least you hear that they are healthy. So <laughs> I try to eat them even if I didn't like them a couple of years ago. Now I, I like some of them, I would say. Yeah, it's, it's very easy to buy bad olives. Oh, that's, yes. That's probably also true. And I think olives are a very much like an acquired taste that you something you have to get used uh, yeah. to, like and yeah. kind of gain an appreciation for, I guess, just like, I don't know, wine or something maybe. Um, so there is one thing that I despise and my wife as well so we hardly ever buy that even though it might be healthy and it might be in season uh, which is cauliflower that's just oh hmm. okay no yeah. <laughs> thank yeah. you <laughs> yeah i i have a very very passion uh in hating zucchini <laughs> i think that's something the devil himself created uh to ruin our days and not even my bunnies would touch or even look at that it's like dumb it's, cucumbers yeah it's dumb cucumbers plus disgusting like who who would i'm sorry so, so sorry alex but like <laughs> i, I actually don't imagine. dislike a zucchini uh, but go <laughs> ahead <laughs> i mean from a gardening perspective i have to say zucchini are very easy to grow and if you like sometimes water them, they need a lot of water, of course, but sometimes water them, you have like so many zucchinis, zucchinis all over the, the summer period. So 
it's super easy to grow. So I, I like them. Um, you sometimes have even too much. So I, 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 uh, I bring them to my colleagues or something because we have <laughs> too many of them. So don't give them I, to I, Simon. Yeah. No. I will know what you're, you're trying to say when you gift me a zucchini, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send one to Berlin. <laughs> just just a package with a zucchini no 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 nothing that's, that's like for me you know have you uh in the godfather <laughs> i was thinking the same thing <laughs> <laughs> you, the next morning you think something is strange and there's like a chopped zucchini <laughs> next to you in the instead of like a chopped off horse's head yeah <laughs> <laughs> no i i don't know i i think i i am the five-year-old in me is very proud that I kept this, uh, that I was consistent with this character treat and not liking zucchinis ever. Um, but cauliflower, I absolutely love um, because I don't know, it's just so easy. You toss it in the oven, slap some cheese on it. And oh, have yes, some that's, that's how we do them as well. But see, if, if like zucchinis are dumb cucumbers, I think cauliflower is just dumb broccoli. Dumb broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> and broccoli, I think, is even easier to make and it tastes yes. much better. So. It's like with asparagus, though. The green one is, I think, to my personal preference, much more enjoyable than yes. the white one. I, do, I, I agree on that. Even though we were very much socialized uh, into eating white asparagus, that's just what you do as a, as a German. Yeah, yeah, Spargelzeit. That's yes, like we even have a name. That's, <laughs> that's, the really one, that's the one seasonal food that still gets appreciated in Germany. And raspberries yeah. as I being think seasonal. Too. Yeah, that's but, true. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, I, and I, strawberries and cherries. Yes, but well, yeah, I, but, I think it, it stops at strawberries. Really. Yes. Yeah, and you can buy strawberries sometimes all year um, round. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the only, you're right. This is the only fruit which we really care, and all the others, most of the people don't care. I remember when when all of the corona madness started one of the first instead of saying like yeah all all agriculture is gonna suffer and because <laughs> we don't get the workforce from our neighboring countries that we need because germans are too too self-loving to to put in hard honest work to get their food <laughs> so um the first thing the news brought up Spargel season, asparagus season in uh, danger. Spargel site <laughs> got cancelled. Yeah. <laughs> well, it ended up not being that way. But yes, oh, uh, everybody was very much concerned with uh, their asparagus and not much else. Uh, and the, I think the price didn't go up. So it was not not way more expensive than, than last year. So yeah. Do you think vegetables are over or underpriced in supermarkets? So for my understanding, I'd say they are underpriced. So we, we pay, I would say 20 to 30% more to our local organic gardener or farmer. And, um, I, I, I really like, like, um, giving or, or paying more money because, uh, that for me, that's like something we, we can honor these guys. They do a hard job. And I mean, we sit in front of a computer, which is fairly easy to do. Uh, I mean, we use our brains, but, uh, the rest of the day we can walk around, we, we can have coffee and all that stuff. So, uh, they're doing the hard work and we can just eat them. And I think it's, um, it's underappreciated 
from from most of the people. So um, I spoke with uh, so one of my my friends is a farmer um, in a, in another city here, and he said that no one really likes to pay that much. So um, and even not for organic stuff. So uh, they they plant not organic stuff because it's it's cheaper. You can just like use um, chemical fertilizers and um, all the other stuff and it's easier to do but he said hey to get like a, a better salary and all the stuff the, uh, all the all the like i think it's not not a problem only in germany perhaps it's here even harder in in, uh, in germany but everyone should be a bit more like at least think about how much work is inside one tomato or zucchini mm -hmm. or cucumber yeah, I agree. And I think it is um, especially severe in Germany. I've seen statistics. Maybe we can find something to put in the show notes. But uh, <laughs> Germans uh, compare it to, well, sorry. Um, so compared um, to other countries, Germans are spending very little um, off their salary on food, like other nations, yeah. like France, yeah. like people seem to appreciate food a lot more and are willing to pay more for quality foods and so that's because uh, wine is more expensive than beer <laughs> th that could be the main reason i would have to look into into that but um i i feel like it's true also for solid foods yeah i and mean that's yeah sorry simon um sorry um i i mean the knowing the united states which is a country that I've grown to love like crazy. Um, what they pay for food is just from a German point of view. So bizarre. Like we talk a little, little slice of brie cheese, which here is like the stuff that <laughs> they throw after you when you don't leave the supermarket uh, early enough. Uh, you pay like $10. And here, like, uh, I don't know, from the discount, a slice of brie is like a euro, euro 50. Oh, if yes. you get the good stuff, maybe three, but never 10. Like, this is so crazy how every country has different prices for food. Um, and I don't know, I appreciate actually how affordable it is to buy quality food here. But obviously, that doesn't come from anywhere. That just comes from really hard negotiations in the supply yeah. chain of our, our uh, supermarkets that we go to. But but one comment to the US market. I mean, we've been to Miami last year to your wedding, Simon, which was yes. a, a great trip. And we stayed there in, in some Airbnb and we had to like cook our own stuff. And it's super hard to get high quality vegetables there. And if you want to buy them, you even pay more than 10 bucks for, I, I'm not sure, like, some, some paprika or some, what did we buy there? No, Carrots or, or pepper. Which supermarket yes. did you go to? Um, I forgot the name. It was an expensive one. I, Publix? I Publix uh, no. is the one that I was thinking of. Um, 
I, I think that's like the quintessential Florida supermarket, right? Having only been there yeah. for like uh, on a, on a of two, Florida. two week uh, vacation. The one thing I really loved uh, about uh, that was you can just get that really, really fresh orange juice um, at Publix or any other Florida supermarket for that matter. Speaking of yeah. like seasonal and local foods, that's obviously yes, something yes. that's um, in, in no short supply there, um, but something I really love. So that was um, one of my fondest memories of, of florida just getting that fresh orange juice everywhere yeah i think with all of the social media and the hype about superfoods um a lot of people buy things that they normally normally wouldn't eat <laughs> um i like i absolutely love avocado but they shouldn't be that accessible for for that low price um, when it literally takes so much to get them uh, over here and then, you know, local local foods are so cheap. Um, I really made me really conscious about the um, how people that make food can live from that. And uh, maybe we don't need this quinoa, uh, whatever superpower fruit smoothie every morning when we just could eat a bunch of raspberries <laughs> instead. To the, yes. to the avocado stuff, I mean, there's a, a Netflix documentation which is telling the downside of all that. So um, I don't like them too much, uh, even not in Germany, because I think they always taste not that good if you tasted one in California or somewhere. Um, but to the to the superfoods, you could grow some of your um, superfoods like sprout. I'm not sure if I pronounce it right. So it's like um, you basically put like the seeds inside some water mm -hmm. and you wait um, for like, normally like 10 hours and you put you drain the water and then you water it like every day and you eat basically the small plants. And they're super healthy. Yeah. You can you can uh, try different things. So this is like even even smaller to start um, in terms of gardening. So you just need need like a glass. Um, yeah, you can buy them, and it, it's like superfood where you don't need to buy in a supermarket or um, even it doesn't need to fly all over the world to to eat it. Yeah, and that's hydroponics at the most basic level, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> somehow it is. Yes, yes. It sounds like a super cool a cappella band. The hydroponics? Yeah. <laughs> or the sprouts? <laughs> I think both. I mean, a feature would Probably be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but avocados, I, I agree. Um, and having been to Colombia and having lived there for a few uh, months, uh, it's it's nice uh, just how how cheap avocados are there and that's where my wife and i fell in love with avocados and now it's become our little guilty pleasure here like we're very really? much aware that um it's it's not good for the environment and uh, everything but um it's something we we indulge in every once in a while but we try to keep it um keep it limited but do you really like enjoy the German ones if you tasted like original, not imported uh, well, ones? Well, one of the things, like you can almost never go into the supermarket, buy an avocado and then just eat it. You have to uh, let it ripen for a few more days. And then okay. some are good and some are very bad. So it's always, um, it's I think a toss up, you could say. Um, so um, you never know 
quite what you're going to get. So it's almost like okay, like playing yeah. Russian roulette. You might get very lucky and uh, you might get shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I just want to clarify one thing. I'm not trying to give give crap to people that you know want to eat more consciously and buying things. Well, my my whole point about this is um, a lot of people are like you know all about the environment but it's all like uh, what's this selectivism <laughs> this is a new thing that i learned and um there's just so, so many um easy things that that you can do and with with one thing that i wanted to ask you alex um how much what of a budget would you look at when you want to have like a little self-watering self-sustaining um gardening system like you have or from other other ways like what what kind of budget would you recommend to get started with it so if you like into sourcing it directly from china which i would recommend it takes like i, I would say four to eight weeks you till you receive your goods but um then This is like, like the one thing you want to, you want to clarify. And the other thing is, okay, do you want, want to program stuff or not? So, um, if you're into programming or at least having a friend, like you have Simon and, and just <laughs> sending you some, some code over, then you could basically start with, I would say, if you like really try, try to, to minimize the price, I would say 20 euros or something, or even lower. So the pump, I would say the 12 volt pump is about three to four euros. You need a power supply, which I would buy in Germany mm. only because of the warranty. So I don't buy these in, in, in China directly. Um, this is about five euros or 10. Um, and then you have a small microcontroller, which is normally about three euros. And then you have like a, a soil moisture sensor, which is about one euro or one, one fifty. Um, and if you buy it all in Germany, it's perhaps 20 or 30 or 40 years, something around this. Um, and then you need to put it all together. I mean, that's, that's the hard part for the guys which are not into the DIY building scene, I would say, but there are plenty of tutorials on YouTube. So you just can have a look there. Um, and then, then, then you're good to go and start with your first like low tech smart gardening. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm very uh very excited to see your first YouTube tutorial of of uh making these things. I've been begging you for months now. Oh, yes. So I expect results very soon. <laughs> Until then I need to uh engage and support your little Alclus Garden in Instagram account, which um definitely inspired us to stop talking about it and actually buying this uh high flower bed or high green thing and <laughs> the, the race thing <laughs> the race thing that's the official new name and we absolutely we absolutely appreciate it because it's just another thing to be happy about it when you uh, you know look out of the window in the morning and um we don't regret getting started, uh, getting our first little experience with uh, growing plants on our, on our balcony. I mean, it's funny, you're not the only, only friend which started farming or, or gardening this year. So I think at least two or three other people um, 
wrote me and said, Hey, you inspired me. I mean, I, I have 260 followers, which is like not really much, but, uh, I at least inspired three or four people to start gardening. Um, and I think like my dream is, as I said, to, to get to, to like grow that many plants that we can, um, like self-supply. Kind of yeah. So this is my goal, but, um, Daniel, you mentioned it. I have a garden outside, but the funny part is, um, I shared with my neighbors. Mm -hmm. So they, they were so keen to like, uh, give me a couple of meters of garden. So it's very small. Um, therefore I created the raised bed just next to the garden. So I have more gardening space. Um, and so, yeah, it's, you, you, you have to have at least some, some kind of space if you want to go into the soil gardening. So if you want to go into hydroponics, you can do it on every, like next to a window inside, the, inside the, um, your, your flat. And I think even Ikea sells like little hydroponics kits these days. Ah, uh, yes, but I think they stopped selling them. Okay. So this was, this was my, my start because like they were so cheap, even with the, the LED on top, it was like perhaps 40 euros and it's really cheap for like a, a, a grown hydroponic system. And they, they somehow stopped selling it. I still use them today because they are like well-designed by some Swedish students. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, perhaps you can find some on eBay or something. Um, they were a pretty good start, but unfortunately it seems that they don't continue with that. I mentioning lack of space, which I think a challenge that many people have, um, have you ever considered uh, vertical farming or is this something that just unnecessarily complicates things for you? <laughs> so I already made a sketch in the beginning of the year, like trying to figure out how I, how I could use my window to do some vertical farmings. So I, uh, I plan to use some pipes, some 50 millimeter PVC pipes. Um, at the end, I just bought a table and like extended my, my, my area. So, um, I think it's, it increases the way of like, um, how to maintenance the stuff. But if you want to really like go into a, in, uh, go into this, like as a commercial part, it's a, it's a good way to, to start. Um, there's already some projects where they really stack on top of each other, like farm with LEDs and farm with LEDs all done via hydroponic growing system. So, but for home growing, I wouldn't do that even inside the garden. It's, um, I mean, if you have no space, you could think about it, but um, it's always easier to start with a race bed or something. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, week number four and our plants haven't died. So if that works for us, then it you should for, it work too. for everyone else. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. Um, crazy how time flies. Um, I, I'm so happy we, we got to sit down and have a little chat. I still feel there's at least an hour or two into this topic, but I don't want to kill the potential of recording a follow-up episode to this. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Is there anything we forgot to, to uh, answer or talk about? I can't really think of anything. I would just say at least try to smart, to start very smart uh, and very small. I want to say, uh, I want to say small, so that's smart. 
smart so somehow with even nice. with some herbs inside your inside your kitchen just start and and get a sense of of gardening and then you can always grow um and 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 increase your 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 area you you're using to garden so always a small start is good not wait for the perfect garden or the perfect weather or i don't know what what else you could wait of just get started yeah, yeah i think that's a good good point to end on i think we all should post pictures um link pictures in the show notes about or how our garden looks right now mm -hmm. and people would have to guess which one is which and whoever uh, sends in over anchor the the right answer or if you know us in person uh, over any messaging platform um alexander will gift you a zucchini <laughs> <laughs> they need a le a, at least one week so that you have one week time the first ones are growing currently but they are not ready to harvest well, this is probably also not going online right away. So by the time <laughs> no, this, right. uh, people hear this, they might already be ready. huh? <laughs> Definitely. So if you're listening to this and if you still haven't uh, stopped your podcast player and you see the pictures, send us a message over uh, anchor FM slash staying at home. You can send us a little audio message and then we... Alexander will gift you a zucchini or I will go go to the supermarket and buy you organic zucchini as your price for guessing which 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 uh, what's it called flower rig is whose <laughs> <laughs> flower rig does it ship worldwide the zucchini oh no I, I, I would just say that <laughs> maybe some seeds <laughs> if you're in the US oh only 20% of our audience are from Germany. So we, we will see. We ship it anyway, anyway, but we don't guarantee how, how it will arrive. <laughs> Seats is easier to ship and easier to ship it outside of Germany. Could you imagine getting a little parcel with like a really sad looking wrinkly <laughs> <laughs> zucchini? Uh, we, will, we will make sure it's not airmail so it takes longer. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so thanks for having me as a guest. It's my first time in a podcast and um, hope, hope you guys understood my English as I'm the worst English speaker compared to these other guys. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, think no, it was a wonderful English. I think, I think you did really well. And I mean, I work as a translator and interpreter for uh, German and English. So um, I, I, I speak a lot more English certainly, but, um, yeah, no, I, I think, I think it was good. Um, and give us, give us some feedback and maybe I can give you some, some pointers here and there, but I think we were able to, to, um, figure it all out and hopefully help you understand what we're talking about, even though you might not be from our very specific, uh, cultural background. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much for, for tuning in. Uh, thank you, Daniel, for being part of this. I yes. definitely will make a solo episode with you because I already mentioned you in one of my episodes as uh, the wonderful living proof that rock and roll is still alive because <laughs> even after ever have, after having a baby, you went back, you got the boys back together and oh, you yes. recorded, recorded an EP and made wonderful music. And I hope at some point we finally make it uh down there when you're playing live 
Thank you. Because yes. I really, really enjoy your music. Yes. And that's not just uh, bullshit talk. That's actually coming from a, a kind place in my that's, heart. That, if that, it exists. That is, <laughs> that is very hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna say something like it's right next to the the shriveled up zucchini that i don't know is is the rest of your heart no just kidding um thank you very uh much for those warm words and the boys are back together and we're actually um trying to write some music now so this is one of the things i can talk about when we get together to talk but uh we will be playing some streaming shows so people can uh see us live wherever they are in the world so maybe if i can advertise that there's going to be one on the Please second do. there's going to be one on the second of july and one on the 24th or 25th of July. Um, and if you want to keep updated on what my band is doing, you can just follow us um, at Supervisor Music on Instagram or find us on Facebook or something. And we'll also put it in the show notes, um, I guess. Yeah. Yes. Thank me. At th well, no. Okay, you'll have you, you'll have. <laughs> thank you, Daniel. <laughs> thank you. You all should thank me for uh, for me being on this on this podcast. No, you'll have to cut that. I wanted to say thank you for having me on, and um, this was also my first time on a on a real actual podcast, and uh, it's very exciting, and I had fun, and I hope um, everybody else <laughs> had as much fun as I had. So thanks. Alexander, we hope, hope you will be back and uh, yeah, leave, leave us feedback, uh, check the pictures out uh, and win a zucchini. We will make sure it arrives in some shape or the other. <laughs> hope to hear you next week. I'm very, very excited to what's coming up next and have a wonderful weekend or week, depending on when you're hearing this, everybody. Take care.